Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
See, I've been called a lot of things, but ain't nobody that can deny the right. And too many great MCs in hiding. Hate to see when I'm inviting, I can be greatest. And I mean what I say when it's said. The difference between me and what you polluted in the air. Come on, man. Because nobody can save you from yourself. I don't sound like no one else. Can't see that, go get hell. I'm just being myself.
sugar maple Like fat from a sugar It is Wednesday, March 18th, the year 2015. I go by the name T. Mitch, and if you are listening to the sound of my voice, which does not have any colorful metaphors as the Q-Man seems to, that means you are tuned in to the livest Neo Soul Show on the web, Neo Soul Show, powered by XCL.com. He's probably going to be mad that I took that intro from him because Q really enjoys doing the intro right here. Yeah, man. I didn't. I, feel, I, I wasn't ready to hear. I wasn't ready to hear you sounding like gelato or sounding like Rita's <laughs> when they return in March. I, I didn't want to hear any of that. <laughs> so I already introduced the show. Um, how you doing? Because I need to catch my breath, just like everybody else. Just got finished watching Empire, so you just talked. Oh about God. It. I'm doing all right, man. I'm so tired of you and that show. Shout out to everybody like me who is still trying to figure out. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna try my best not to give any spoilers for those that that TiVo. If you still do that, or if you on demand and you got DVR boxes, or if you are still under the rock like Q Man, I'll try not to give any spoilers. But for all <laughs> the rest of the the people of the empire, I am with you. Y'all can tweet me, you can Facebook me, text me if you got my number. I need answers. <laughs> I need answers. I'm I'm floored right now. Absolutely floored. Oh with, with what I just saw in this two hour season finale. It was absolutely amazing. Was it now? Yes it was. <laughs> I know I gave spoilers the last time we were on. I'm not gonna do that this week. Absolutely amazing show. I will continue to try to get the Q Man to watch Empire at least one episode. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely amazing show. If I watch an episode of that, the Drop Squad is going to tie me up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> so I would. This is normally why I would ask Q Man how his week went, but um, Q and I actually got together. We hung out along with the Mighty Ox. Um, on Tuesday, we you had sure a, did. a little like a little happy hour get together, a little run in, and you know, told some jokes and told some stories and, and caught up and talked and you know, it always leads to an amazing show. Yeah, good times. <laughs> very very really good. good times. Shout out to everybody that was on Friday with us. We don't hang out. That was fun, right? I didn't expect you to show up. I didn't. I didn't expect you to show up. That's what you do. You normally say like, "Yeah, I'm gonna be there," and then you don't show up. 
and then you'll text me like three hours later with the reason why you didn't show up. But you know, the word came in while I was sleeping, so you know. I think it's because the word didn't come from me. So yeah. I may just have to have the Mighty Ox do all of the planning going forward because if I had planned it, you wouldn't have shown up. <laughs> I don't think that's true, man. Well, that's all good. That's whatever true. the case may be. Um, <laughs> as always, shout out to everybody that's on listening. But before I even get into that, before we really get into tonight's show and everything, I asked Q, I asked you this when we were at Friday's and I asked you again on air. Um, how are you feeling about the Eagles and everything that's been going on in the NFL mm-hmm. all season so far? You know I don't have nothing to say about football. Nothing. At all. Like, none of the, none of the moves were a good move. I mean, I the Eagles are pissing me off. So, you know, I, I'm just... It's not a good time to be an Eagles fan. It's really not. Not even DeMarco Murray. Because you see, as a Cowboy fan, I don't even think we're really disappointed about him going to Philly. Like, this is not really a big deal to us. Yeah. He wasn't I mean, the nice and he wasn't the nice Smith or anything, right? It's to the point. It's to the point now where we kind of got that old Denver Broncos system where we can just plug any running back in and they'll run four thousand yards. So you can go. <laughs> yeah, you might have a point there, man. <laughs> but I'm gonna put yeah. off thinking of football season as long as I can. Okay, and we have a couple of the more days left. We said last year on the show. And I'm I'm so glad that the person that's listening is listening because we threw a challenge out to that person. I don't even know if he remembers. But we said that this year, around this time, we were going to fill brackets out. Did we? Yes, we oh. did. We were going to fill brackets out, and we were going to see who, who had the best NCAA March Madness bracket. Do you know I have yet to even look at the brackets for this tournament? No, no bracketology, nothing like. I haven't seen anything, and that's unusual. So you, you know me. I'm all about history and things like that. So I think this year is the year that a 16 seed finally beats a one seed. I don't think that's ever going to happen. It is going to happen. Would you like to know why I believe it's going to happen? Why? One, because Duke is not the Duke that Duke normally is. This is not your average Duke number one seed team. This is a young team that gets overly cocky and confident, and they can be beat. Yeah, but they're like... Duke will be the first scare. A 16 is going to put a real scare in Duke. You're not going to lose to a 16 seed, man. I, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. It could happen. And if it's not Duke, then it's going to be one of them other teams. Because we had somebody snuck in as a number one. What is it? Was it Villanova? I think snuck in. Like, I didn't even think Villanova. Yeah. You haven't looked at a bracket. I think Villanova I, was a one. I, and I wasn't expecting it to be a one. Mm-hmm. I think I did hear that. So I think this is the year. This is the year. A 16 is going to do it. Obviously not whoever has to play Kentucky, even though I don't think Kentucky's winning 
the um, the tournament. <laughs> if you're betting, I'm taking that, that action. I, then I am betting. I'm betting. Kentucky is not winning the tournament. It's not going to happen. Wow. I only believe it's not going to happen because of the experience factor. That is a very, very, very young team. And we've been watching college basketball enough to know you can win as many games as you want during the season. You can beat up on the SEC as much as you want. There is something about March and April. Wow. The majority of those kids have dealt with that. You are saying that Kentucky is not going to win this tournament. If they make it to the Final Four, I'd be surprised. Okay. I'm willing to bet appetizers that they... They go as far as the Elite Eight. Are we betting? Yes, we're betting. All right. I got appetizers on Kentucky. There's only two teams in that tournament that can beat them. Mind you, I don't even know who's in it, but the only two teams in the country that could possibly beat them are Notre Dame and Arizona. (laughs) And I just think it'll work out in their favor where they won't have to face one of them. It's not going to be one of those teams. Next week, I will tell you who I think will beat Kentucky and when I finish my bracket, who I think will win the tournament. But um, um, I, I truly don't believe that they have it, that this mm. is not going to happen. Can't, you can't win that many games and not have close games like that and then and then be able to run the gambit in the tournament like that just not going to happen and not a veteran team it's, it's just not going to happen I don't think them twins are going to be able to carry it like that interesting and you know Calipari's teams are, are, are infamous for getting too big headed too cocky and then they don't win yeah well, you got a point it happens. You're getting all of the talent that Kentucky has had over these years to say that Anthony Davis's team was the one that won the national championship. John Wall and them didn't. Mm. Bledsoe I'm didn't. Terrence Jones didn't. They've had talent for a while and got one yeah. title out of it. Uh, That's what you think. <laughs> you all heard it here first. Kentucky is not winning the not winning March Madness and not winning the tournament. Wow. Okay, now, as soon as Boomy is around, as soon as Boomy is in he is here, around. yo, we gotta get we, we gotta get that popping off, man, because he's talking about like well, some this, of my well, how, we do it? how about normally this is what I do. Normally, I'm the one that kind of gives a little background on who we for those now. Let me do this now. Shout out to everybody who is listening. Everybody who is listening from your phone or your desktop, laptops, you're calling in, however you are listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Wednesday Night Rewind, as always, every third Wednesday of the month. We invite the Chancellor, so Mike Boone, to come bless us, educate us, and and show us a little bit of a, a true soul sound and soul music. I was about to say the Lucius Lion sound. And by it, it's in me. Um, from a from a soul music artist or group of um, the past. So when I was at Friday and I told Q who we were spotlighting tonight 
And the face that he made was like, I think he forgot his order for a second. And it just <laughs> stuck him. So normally I am the one that tells everybody who we're going to do and, 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 and that before we bring Mike on. How about tonight you just tell the people who, who we're spotlighting tonight. They can stick hear your excitement. We are talking tonight about Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, the, one of the most popular Philadelphia soul groups of all time. Who began as the Charlemagne's in the fifties, and even though Whoa, you have to stop now, because <laughs> you, 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 you're taking Mike's job. All right, <laughs> all right, all right. This, this is one of the few. Give it this is one of my favorite groups, so I actually know a little bit. So you know, but okay. So this is what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do because you're excited. This sounds like one of the the ones that we're going to have a very very good conversation especially because this group branches off to uh, an artist that's also a favorite of yours and mine so there's a lot that we can talk about so what, what I would like to do because a lot of people are aware they said they want to call in and talk as well and maybe ask Mike a couple questions phone number is 347-237-5212 we are going to play some of the music from Harold Melvin and the blue notes. And when the music is done, we are going to bring the chancellor on the line. And he is going to do what he does and educate us. So again, shout out to everybody that is listening, including the one the one six eight one number that just called in. Took you long enough. Uh, we are gonna get into a little Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. He is the Q Man, I'm T Mitch, it's the Neo Social. We'll be right back. I'm 
And Teddy was playing the drums, and then he started singing Hey There, Lonely Girl. You know, it was recorded by Eddie Holman back in 70, and uh, late, really 69 to 70. And Harold heard, heard his voice, and he said, man, I didn't know you could sing like that, you know. Teddy said, well, I have something to say, but it's not on the drums. And after that, it was a guy named John Atkins who was the lead singer of the group. And then he, <laughs> Teddy replaced him quickly after that. And after that, Teddy became the lead singer. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I don't Why know. are you so quiet, Carol? I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike, before you before you before you got on the line, Mike, you mm-hmm. you sounded like you were getting ready to do your job. Like he was he was telling the original <laughs> name of the group and talking about members, and I was like, wait, you gotta wait, you gotta wait, you gotta wait for Mike to get on. Well, he had it correct the first time. I mean. They were the Charlemagnes, you know. That they originally called themselves, you know, in the fifties when they first started, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, yeah, you were correct on that one. You was correct on that one. Yeah. <laughs> they had a lot of members, though. They had a lot of members, yeah. In and out members over the years, yeah. and uh, you know, it uh, was was accordingly, you know. Um, some just drifted in and out, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, Teddy remained until, you know, 76. And, um, you know, I mean, it's just, that just happens with groups, you know. They just drift in and out, get new members. And nobody really knows the difference anyway, you know. Right. It's just Harold Melvin and Teddy. But it's always been Harold Melvin, really, you know, because nobody knew who Teddy was. Right. You know, nobody knew who Teddy was, uh-huh. you know, during the, the early years, you know, doing when they joined Philip, uh, Philadelphia International in, you know, 71, late 71 they joined. And um, then after that, you know, because Tara was shopping for a label, and uh-huh. he was in New York. And then a, a friend of mine, actually, a um, singer named Tony Drake, a uh, very popular singer in Northern Soul, one matter of fact, one of the kings of Northern Soul, uh, over there in England, Tony Drake and him were best friends in the world. And um, uh-huh. Tony told me some great stories about Harold, and they were like best friends. And he said that Harold um, was in New York, and he was in New York. And, you know, um said, hey, man, I'm looking, you know, uh, shopping, he was shopping around for a label. And uh, he said, well, you know, well, first Tony asked him where he was going, and then he said, well, I'm shopping for a label. I'm in New York, you know. So he said, well, um, where's 52nd Street? You know, because I'm supposed to talk to Gamlin Huff. You know, they're supposed to be starting this label. So he told them where it was, and the rest is history, you know. Mm. So um, they signed with Philadelphia International, which was just starting. You know, they just got a distribution deal with CBS, who Clyde Davis was running the company at the time, and he was responsible for getting, you know, merging um, Mm. Philadelphia International with CBS. So... The rest is history, you know. They recorded their first hit, I Miss You, in the summer. Well, spring 72, they recorded it, and it, became, it came out in the summer of 72. And we first heard it on the airways, and it was one of the baddest tunes in 72. So I got a chance to see them at the Apollo that summer in 72. Wow. And uh, classy act. You know, they started off with Come to the Cabaret. 
with in straw hats and canes and tuxedos. <laughs> and they were superb, let me tell you. Mm. Dance steps, everything. Even you know, it was just great because they you know, they well, the headlines were the staple singers. And, you know, in a hundred group called Hundred Proof. And they they stole the show, basically. Wow. And you know, they were just a classy act. As a matter of fact, Cabaret is on one of their second LPs called Black and Blue. And they start off with that. Then they move, they mix that into The Love I Lost. So if you're a collector of Howard Melvin's LPs, all four of them, because they only recorded four albums with Philadelphia International from 72 to, you know, 75. And um, that's when Teddy left the group in 76. You know, mm-hmm. you know of uh, discrepancies with Harold about money, and that's how that whole thing started. You know, and Teddy became you know solo act. But meanwhile, you know, nobody we didn't know who this lead singer was. We didn't know who he was. We was like we thought he was Harold Melvin. Actually, you know, we thought that Harold Melvin was the lead singer. You know, and it didn't turn out that the house sung in portions of the songs, but then Teddy comes in with that fire. That gospel fire and then forget it, you know. So when we were at the Apollo, we thought he was Harold Melvin. So that kind of angered him a little bit. He said, hey, man, I'm doing all this singing and I need some recognition here. So the third album, To Be True, finally we get this, you know, we, it says To Be True featuring Theodore Pendergrass. Who the heck is he? <laughs> you know, so we didn't know who Theodore Pendergrass was. So then finally we were like, oh, we associated the voice with the name. And that was it. Then we said, okay, that's, you know, then of course his nickname is Teddy, you know, taken from Theodore. And um, that was it. We knew, we finally knew who he was. But the recognition really came when he was solo, when he went solo, you know, and got on his own. But Teddy's voice rang through all those hits, every last one of them, except, um, well, like I said, how did portions of the songs of the hits then Teddy came in? You know, like uh, Hope We Be Together Soon when he got Sharon Page. And there was a new guy named Jerry Cummings. He got him. He replaced, you know, one of the members in 75. And, you know, that was the To Be True album. And that summer of 75, you know, that was one of the top songs. Uh, Where Are Our Friends? Uh, that was another top one. It was so many. Love I Lost, that winter of 73, number one song. Originally mm. a slow song, and then they counted off in the studio as being a fast, you know, club song. So, yep. Wow. Now, didn't they struggle before they picked up Teddy, though? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, they had records out at the time with various labels. They had mm-hmm. a hit called, you know, um, Get Out of 65. Uh, it was an independent label called Landa. And uh yeah, they did struggle but they were they were able to, you know, perform in top clubs. Mm-hmm. That was the thing about Harold Melvin. He was a very he was a showmanship person. It was no question about it why they struggled, they played in top clubs because they were class they were a class act. Mm-hmm. So they played in some of the best places. It's just that the recordings they didn't have any hits, you know, until they got with Philadelphia International Records. But they were on various labels, you know. But yeah, they, they, you know, they had records out, but no hits. 
Right, right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So when they split up, well, when Teddy left, mm-hmm. was, was there bad blood or Melvin had no problem with it? Well, first of all, you can't replace Teddy. I mean, it's hard to replace a voice like Teddy. You know, right. he had one of the greatest voices in, in music history. So everybody identified Teddy's voice with Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. So Teddy left because, like I said earlier, you know, discrepancies about money. You know, Harold was, you know, uh, had all this money, but he wasn't sharing. And Teddy needed money. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, man, you know, give me such and such. He gave him $100, but he had a whole uh, uh, wad of bills in his mattress, which Teddy said he peeked and saw. And he said, okay, that's it. I'm 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 going to up and leave because I'm being cheated. You know, and I can do this on my own. I mean, I, I can make records on my own. I don't need this, you know. So um, it was hard to kind of replace Teddy. So then when mm-hmm. he came out with the Reaching for the World album, which is another song that I love about him, he got this guy named David Ebo, the late David Ebo. And he's the one that right. does the lead, you know, like some like Teddy. Mm-hmm. But it was, hard to refl- it was hard to replace him, though. I'm sure it was. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, T. Mitch, how many of those songs did you know? A vast majority of them. My mama and my grandmother were very big Harold Melvin and the Blue Note fans. I was probably the only kid in my generation that knew that Teddy Pinterest had a um, musical career before he became a solo act. The vast majority of them. What I didn't know, and um, kind of piggyback off the question that you just asked, did did Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes continue to make music, or how long after Teddy's departure did they continue to make music? Oh, for a while. You know that. Um, like I said, he was with ABC. He had a hit, Reaching for the World, and where you know he comes in the lead. And then David Ebo comes in like Teddy used to do, you know, most of the songs. If Howard led a certain portion of the song, Teddy would come right after that. Uh-huh. And that's what David Ebo and whoever he got, you know, to have a Teddy Pendergrass sound to do. That was, you know, that was their signature as far as making records. Harold comes in the lead and then Teddy comes in or then Teddy would lead. And sometimes Harold would come in or whatever. Or Harold didn't come in at all, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they made records like I Should Be a Lover. That was another great song they did in 1980. They were on the Source label when they did that. That's that's same label as uh, Chuck Brown and the Soul Searchers uh, when they did Bustin' Loose that year. Um, I Should mm-hmm. Be a Lover, that album came out, and which was a very good album. You know, I Should Be a Lover. That was a, a airplay here in New York on WBLS and, you know, and later Kiss, Kiss FM. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they did make records after that, you know, but then, you know, and they still performed. They still performed in the clubs, you know, until Hal got sick, you know, and he passed away, you know. But, yeah, you know, they always they're always working. You know, they were always working. They never stopped working or recording. Okay, now, they redid a lot of the Pendergrass hits in the early 80s when uh, Gil took over. How good was Gil? When who took over? Oh, Gil Sanders. Uh huh. Yes. How good was he? Because they were they tried to uh, 
redo a lot of Pendergrass hits when mm-hmm. he came in the in the early eighties. How good was he? Gil was okay. Mm-hmm. Gil was a good singer, you know. Well, like I said, you know, no matter who you get, <laughs> you know, you're not going to recapture that Teddy Pendergrass sound. You're going to do just more or less, you know, um, how can I put it? More or less not pretend to be him, but just try to emulate him in any way that you can in a flattery situation. You know what I mean? Because, I mean, it, like uh-huh. I said, Teddy has the greatest voice in history. But, uh, yeah, Gil Sanders was good. Like I said, I like David Evo. He was good also. He was mm-hmm. reaching over the world. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the U.K., you know, they, they had a lot of success in the U.K. Because in the U.K., that's number one. They're number one soul fans over there. They worship and kiss your feet. You know what I mean? They 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 they, they honor soul artists, mm-hmm. you know, more than the U.S. does. And that's sad to say because... The UK supports artists that's not even known in the United States, you know, or you know, they were singers once upon a time here, but then they're kings and queens over there. They're treated with royalty over there than more over here, because once you know, you know, you're you're as good as your last record, and all of a sudden, you know, you're just kicked out. You know, you're like a disposable. You just okay, we use you. That's enough. The UK would pick that disposable up and. And refurnish it and everything, and you know, and um, <laughs> and say, hey, we can use them, you know. So they go over there, they live, and you know. So that's why Harold Melvin and them were able to go overseas, and because they were already worldwide known anyway. So mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. anything with Harold Melvin, the Blue Notes, you know, they were going to succeed anyway. Yeah, but I, I thought he was good. He was pretty good. To answer your question. Okay. I'm I'm just having a good time right now. How about um? Didn't they sue? They sued somebody for naming their band the Blue Notes. I'm trying to think of who it was. Um, excuse me. They had a court case. You saying? Yeah. Uh, was it was it Young? Was it Neil Young? Mm. I want to say it was Neil Young. <clears throat> I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, about any any court cases though. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear of any, you know, of of them, you know, um, in court for anything, you know. With Neil Young, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Let's leave it positive, kid. What'd you say? I said, let's leave it positive, man. No need for court cases. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I think the guy probably remember. You know, you know how my memory is. So, Mike, I asked you a similar question when we um, spotlighted war. So I'm gonna ask mm-hmm. this question again. I make I make I make it comfortable asking this this type of question. But um, outside of Teddy, because we we all I think all three of us agree and have said it enough that that was a, a voice that was just iconic and individual and unique. But as far as the sound that they created as a group, 
do you have you heard anything like that after or since that made you um, think of that one over the movie? Um, no, not really. Um, something like that. It's hard to be. I mean, to really replace an icon, as you said a, a second ago. Uh, individually, uh-huh. as you said, um, anybody, t- not really. There's people I can't really think of anybody today that really represents the Teddy Pendergrass, Harold Melvin, uh, and the Blue Note sound because it was a one of a kind, and it's hard to reduplicate that sound, the Philly sound, uh, especially today. You know, where they're not really using instrumentations too much. They're using you know, a lot of the studio trickery and, you know, and Pro Tools and things like that. It's kind of mm. hard to recapture, you know, something so pioneer as that. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, like I said, they're trying to do that. You know, like I said, I love Neo Soul's music because you know, it's a reminiscent of soul music that I grew up with in the 60s and 70s, you know, and parts of the 80s. Um, but, um, no, I, I can't really think of anyone today that um, that's out here except you know in the 90s that Johnny Gill sort of in a way represented a little bit of Teddy because I thought mm-hmm. Johnny Gill was a great mm-hmm. he's a great singer you know uh, if you talk in 90s yeah Johnny Gill I would say you know um, is a reminiscence of Teddy um, but as far as artists today not really I can't really think of anybody, you know, on you know, know of anybody that that can really represent Teddy Pendergrass in that way. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. No, yeah, not that even close. That makes you happy, too. Well, I knew that. Yeah, <laughs> the guy's one of a kind. It, I just, I just I wanted to see if we could give the you know the, the younger listeners. An, an idea for those that you know heard that music and may not have you know had an older soul in their life that introduced them to it, then they get they can kind of gravitate toward it and know what it sounded like. But you know that's always it's always good to know that your sound is is difficult to duplicate or that it, it's going to stand the test of time because there's nothing else out there that sounds like it. But his voice was so strong. I mean, and it's hard to blueprint. You know, that was like a blueprint of a pioneer. And in those days, you know, it was a lot of pioneers that came out and changed music history, you know, changed the way music was represented, you know, in a lot of ways. You know, when soul music came in the late 50s all through the early 60s and through the 70s, and, you know, it, it changed the world. It changed the way music listeners, even, you know, white music listeners or whatever, you know, all races and Everybody was combined. Everybody was hypnotized with soul music. You know, it is one of the most important uh, music genres in in the history period. It changed the world. 60s, 70s decade changed the world. It changed the way we we look at life, how we hear life, and you know our soundtrack. And this is the these are the groups and the people who changed our life. We wanted to emulate them. When you went to the Apollo Theater and you saw these people, the class and how they represent, never mind what they did behind the stage or what they did with their lives, whether it was negative or positive. All I know is when you went to that that place 
and you saw those people on that stage, we came outside the theater, and we wanted to be Harold Melvin, the Blue Nose, or Teddy Pendergrass, or James Brown, Jackie Wilson. We wanted to dress. There was people that used to dress like these people. When they went inside the Apollo Theater, when Jackie Wilson wore that process, there were people out there wearing process and dress, trying to dress like Jackie and went in the Apollo. Because that's, he was he represented something. It wasn't negative. You know, like I said, what they do with their business, it, it privatizes their business. You know, whether it be good or bad. But mm-hmm. it's what they, their job is to entertain us. That's what they're supposed to do. And for a moment, an hour, hour and a half, two hours, however they, how long they're on that stage, this is what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to give us a fantasy of the, what the world could be in the images of our mind. We use our imagination. That is what they're supposed to represent. So you got people like Aretha Franklin or the Supremes when these young girls and these talent shows try to dress up like the Supremes and get up there and sing Baby Love or something like that. But... That's like a sense of flattery Because they represent something If you represent a negative And a negative and a positive It's a negative <laughs> So I mean you know it's That's the way it's going to come out So it's hard to replace Anybody In this general Harold Melvin, the Blue Nose and Teddy They're hard to replace And you can emulate them You keep making music But it's hard It's really yeah. hard Hmm. Phew. This has been a real ride tonight. You right, Emma? Yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed this. <laughs> you have been asking for Teddy or Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes for so long. When I got word that it was coming down, I just knew you were going to be very, 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 very happy. <laughs> I might be. I might be listening to them this evening. My God, man. Okay, so last... You got any question. other questions on that, Kip? Yeah, there we go. If Teddy Pendergrass never joined Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, would we talk about them today? You asking me a question? I'm sorry. If Teddy never joined Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. If if I joined, that's what you're saying? I couldn't hear you too clear. Good. I said, if he Teddy, said, if, if, I got it, Q. I got it. You break it up a little bit, Q. I got it. He said, if Teddy Pendergrass never joined Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes, would we mm-hmm. still be talking about that group today? It depends on how it would have worked out. You know, I, I, I think... The way it is, God planned it the way it was. You know, Teddy was meant to be there, mm-hmm. so that's the way I look at it. Um, that's the way. That's the way God set it up. That's the way I see it. You know, um, he was meant to be there, and that's that was it. He was just meant to be there to excel and go on his own and, and become the superstar that he became. Um, I would just say that it was God's doing for mm-hmm. Teddy to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. That's I mean that's the way I looked at. It. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. Well, this has been fantastic. 
Very much so. Every every Wednesday rewind is. Yeah, but this game is different. Because you got what you wanted. Yes. <laughs> well, come on. But, but we love the people. You guys a wealth of information, man. <laughs> we appreciate you joining us tonight, man. And we 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 can't wait to have you back on. I don't I don't know what we'll cover next time, but we'll have to try to make it as interesting as Harold Melvin and the Blue Notes. Well, I've enjoyed the night, and I thank the listeners for listening in. And it's always a pleasure with you, Doc. You guys, you know, I always have a ball every time I'm on this show. So I thank you, you know, the listeners and you both for having me and next to the L as well. Thanks, Boomy. All right. Thank you. Have a blessed evening, everyone. All right, Have a good night. Yeah, T Mitch. Like Come on, on, man. Listen. I'm, I'm getting ready to turn the TV on. I'm I'm getting ready to go on demand and watch the rest of this. Watch Empire again. Oh my god. Anyway, for Booney, for T Bitch, and the rest of the XTL X two L family. We'll be back next week and we'll try to do better. Make sure you hit up X two L dot com. See what's going on. And until then, talk to you soon. We're out of here. Hashtag, where is Vernon? Good night, everybody. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.